Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. So today's title is Marriage Talk. And so, I mean, this is such a topic that we're women. We want to learn about it. We want to know about it. We're growing, whether we are married right now or desire to be, or just want to learn, you know, tips and practical advice and encouragement about uh, marriage, no matter what stage of life you're in, this is something that we long to learn about as women. And so, like I said, whether you're married or not, what we talk about today will give you some encouragement and even biblical wisdom for now and for what's to come in your life. You know, marriage is something that is so beautiful. It's so sacred. It's so meaningful and powerful. And many of us have longed to find our Prince Charming since we were little to be swept off our feet and to live happily ever after, right? But what happens when our marriage encounters real life? When it's not always the days filled with makeout sessions and dancing in the rain, right? You know, the truth is, is that marriage takes work and it's not always easy. From the minor things to the big things, we have to be willing to get our hands dirty to make our marriage work, to make it strong, to make it healthy and beautiful. And marriage really, truly is a gift from God. He doesn't desire man to be alone. There is this belief in this lie that, that God desires us to just be so lonely and like, I shouldn't marry. It's horrible. No, it's not a sin. And God literally has made marriage so that man would not be alone. Are there situations and people that God has called to singleness? Yes. But we're not talking about that today. That's a whole nother topic, but his ultimate initial plan from the garden of Eden is he saw Adam said, Oh, it's not good for man to be alone. Here's a wife and y'all do life together, have companionship enjoy. He's the one who created the union of marriage and he longs for his children to enjoy healthy and godly companionship throughout their life here on earth. And marriage truly glorifies God and can be a blessing to your life. If you're willing to do your part. Am I saying that if you follow these simple steps today, that you'll have the best marriage ever? No. (laughs) Marriage is also complicated because it is the union of two unique and different human beings who bring their own totally different vibes together and all of that baggage. But through time and effort and work and unfailing love, those differences can make a beautiful masterpiece and can fulfill a wonderful purpose. And so today I'm going to share some practical and spiritual lessons that I've learned so far through our 10 years of marriage. And I know to some that's like, oh, 10 years and to others, like that's nothing. I haven't learned at all at all, but so far I've learned a little bit and not just through my experience, but definitely the word of God, because the Bible actually is full of wisdom about marriage and relationships. So I'm going to start by saying, yes, I have so much more to learn, right? But I can't wait to share with you the seven things that I feel would bring encouragement to those married or desire to be married. We are making this a part, a two-part series though. So there are seven things we'll dissect today 
and next time. So today we'll start with the first four. Um, and then next time we'll finish all of them. I wanted to do them all today, but I don't want to exasperate your time. And a disclaimer though, before we get started, I obviously do not know anyone's dynamic here when it comes to marriage, whether you're married now, whether you've been married before, whether you're single, whether you desire to be married, we all have different situations. And so I want you to know that what I'm sharing today, I am not aware fully of your own personal experiences around this subject. And I want to be sensitive to the specific things that you have been through, whether it's divorce, whether it's adultery, whether it's still being single and just longing for a husband, whether it's um, in a rocky relationship or in a healthy, happy relationship, take what God wants to give you from today, what God highlights today and use it for yourself. Whatever else maybe just doesn't apply for you right now, that's okay. But allow God to speak to you what he wants to speak to you. And so we're going to get started with a couple of things. And before we jump into our first point, um, I'm going to share two verses about a wife, a woman of God who is a wife and how God sees you. In Proverbs 18, 22, it says the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. So before we get started, you need to know that you as a woman of God, you as a wife, you are treasure and you are, you give your husband favor from the Lord. You are a blessing girl. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12, it says who can find a virtuous and capable wife. She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she greatly enriches his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. You are virtuous. You are capable and you are more precious than rubies. So you need to know your worth before we even get into these things that will enrich our marriage. And so our first point today is love and respect. Okay. Sounds simple, but let's talk about that. And in Ephesians 5:33, it says this, it is so simple, but so profound. And it says, so again, I say each man must love his love his wife at he I'm sorry, guys, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Okay, simple. But let's let's dissect that. We all receive love differently. Okay, all of us. The Bible has so much insight on marriage, like I said, and even the differences between men and women. God knows that we're different. The way we think is different. The way we respond, the way we act, the way we receive love. We both desire love, but in specific ways. Women desire love in an emotional way. And men receive our love through the way that we respect them. So we love flowers or whether you love them or not, we like to be loved and nurtured and romanticized and all those kinds of things. But men, they receive love by the way we treat them, by the way we honor and respect them. I've actually read a book years ago with Homer um, called Love and Respect. I highly encourage it. Um, whether you're married or not, it's such a good book to read. And it gave the idea of this love and respect from this verse that I just shared and it gave the analogy of it being like this cycle, constantly rotating love, respect, love, respect, love, respect. And it just is supposed to flow. But when one of them are off, the whole thing is thrown off. For example, when a wife doesn't feel loved by her husband, she naturally doesn't feel compelled to show him respect that he is longing for, which ends up creating this never ending cycle of both parties 
constantly feeling unloved by one another. There have been times for Homer and I, of course, (laughs) that we could almost feel as we've grown in our marriage, right? And years have progressed. We have been able to begin to feel when this cycle is off. Do we just stop and say, oh, hey, our love and respect cycle is off? No, it's like you just can feel it. I start getting more snappy, maybe a little bit more edgy in the way I talk to him. And he maybe hasn't been as lovey-dovey towards me. And I can almost feel. And the way that it's thrown off sometimes is by one of the parties beginning to lack in their area of showing the other one love. And we become frustrated sometimes, right? Tired, busy, and even snappy. And we begin to lose sight of our need for love from each other. And before you know it, we're out of sync and we're not showing each other the love that we truly do have for one another, which is great. But, you know, think about this too. Here's another thing. I have found in marriage that over the years, we can become so comfortable with one another, which is great. We're supposed to be comfortable, whether it's going to the restroom in front of each other like that. To, I, I actually still tell Homer to get out of the restroom because I'm just like, I'm not about to, you know, drop one in front of you. That's gross, right? But <laughs> there's another aspect of comfortability I'm talking about. You know, before you may have not chosen to eat spaghetti in front of him because you didn't want to get sloppy and like have all spaghetti everywhere. And now you might be down in some 15 hot wings in front of him like a caveman. You're comfortable, right? But how about the times we grow so comfortable that we lose sight of our respect for one another? We begin to treat others, even strangers, with more patience and respect than our own spouse because, well, we become more comfortable where we don't even try. Our husbands frustrate us and then we spout off without thinking twice. But yet the Whataburger lady forgets our fries and we're like, oh, no, it's okay, honey, don't worry. You see the difference? And so we have to strive to take a step back and evaluate today. Where is our love and respect cycle at? Have a talk with your spouse or put this in your pocket when you are in this situation when you're married and decide to both work together to say, I want to love you in the way that you desire. I want to respect you. I want to think of ways to honor and respect my husband. I'm going to watch my mouth a little bit because I can be a little rude when I'm irritated. And vice versa. I've noticed the more that I choose to love my husband through respecting, affirming, honoring him, the more that he just naturally wants to be all lovey-dovey with me, right? And vice versa, the more lovey-dovey he is with me, the more I'm like, hey man, you're the bomb. You know, I love you. And it won't be perfect, but as you both continue to try, you will naturally see the love and the connection grow. And so Love and respect, guys. And you know, honestly, there's so many things I want to share today, so many points, but I'm going to kind of just try to flow through it. I don't want to go too fast or too slow. And I just want y'all to be able to grasp what God wants to encourage y'all in today. So love and respect. Let's move on to our second point, and that is expectations. So this is a hot topic, right? Expectations. When we walk into marriage, we come with a list of expectations that we ourselves may not even realize. It's like this subconscious list that we just carry that was made up through our experiences, maybe what we saw from our parents or what we didn't want to have in our future relationship due to our parents or things that we've seen or even movies or just inward desires. We have this list of expectations. We have expectations for one another from the big things to the little things. From who takes out the trash 
uh, them, right? Or, you know, who does the dishes or who changes diapers or who gets up at night or who works, who stays home. We have these expectations. And typically what happens is we go on at first all giddy in love, right? And then we're just head over heels. Nothing bothers us. And then we begin to notice the things, some of these expectations that we had aren't being fulfilled. And we start to build up frustrations and even resentment in our heart towards the other person. This ends up creating a disconnect and wedge between us because before you know it, y'all are both frustrated with one another and y'all don't know why. This is super common though, but it has the ability to ruin a great love story if you let it. There's this verse in Song of Solomon. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grape vines are blossoming. Very poetic, right? But what does that mean? That you can have this beautiful grapevine, this beautiful love story, but sometimes it's those little things that come in and they're little and you might see one, you might see two, like, okay, whatever, whatever, sweep it under the rug. Don't deal with it. Don't talk about it, whatever, whatever. Before you know it, these little things built up and have the capability of ruining something so great. Something with so much potential and so much purpose and so much beauty because we didn't deal with the little things. We didn't talk about our expectations. We didn't compromise. We didn't understand each other. We didn't hash these things out. And I'm telling you, they will create a wedge. They will create division and resentment. And so going back, you know, Homer and I have had our own times of this for sure during marriage. There's many times I've expected him maybe to not need time to process things and just immediately tell me what he's feeling so we can move on. I've expected that. I've expected him to parent the way I would in a certain way when he might have different parenting ideas than I did. I've expected him to read my mind many times when all I needed to do was share my heart with him. I've expected him to be and do many things that I never vocalized to him and vice versa. And over the years, this is what we've learned. We've got to sit down and simply talk about those expectations with one another. You know, I even believe, and for us, we actually did this because someone uh, shared this wisdom with us even before we got married. And moving on through our marriage, there's many times where you have to like kind of reconvene, like, hey, let's talk about in this season, there's might be new expectations, thoughts, let's, let's talk about it. But even before we got married, I really believe that it is so important if you're dating or when you begin to date and you're looking to be married to talk about your expectations for one another then. So first of all, you can see, are we compatible? Do we both have the same heart? Do we both have the same beliefs? Do we both have the same principles we want to live by? Do we both have the same ways that we want to love each other and accept that love? And it's not going to always match perfectly. Don't get me wrong. Like y'all might have differences and that's to be a thing. Like y'all are going to be different. But so many times people don't talk about that. We're all lovey-dovey. We get into a marriage and they're like, I don't like any of this. And y'all begin butting heads. Again, normal, but it's so important to at least, I'm telling you, when you choose to talk about these things, about maybe your faith, if you want children, how you'll parent, school, work, all these things at the beginning, it helps you go into this relationship knowing that y'all are on the same page and just rolling with it. And again, as you progress in marriage and your relationship, these things will come back up, especially when you become parents. That's a whole new ball game that you have to, let's talk about our expectations, right? And so again, 
um, we've sat down and we've talked about these expectations with another. Neither of us are mind readers and we want to feel connected, understood and cared for when we learn to talk about it. There have been many times that we've noticed this frustration building up and we've learned to realize when we need to sit down and talk about it. And it has always helped clear the air and get back on track. We've talked about our parenting. We've talked about date nights, birthdays, even birthdays, even birthdays. Like, hey, what do you expect from me? Because I want to love you and that's my intention. But how do you expect that? We've talked about gift giving, chores, the ways that we desire to be loved, even intimacy. Hey, we're going to talk about that next week. Sex. Okay. But intimacy is such an important thing. You need to tell your man, don't get me started. You need to tell your man what you like. Okay. What you don't, if you want your sex life to be better and grow and be more passionate, tell him what you like, tell him what you want and tell him what you don't like. Okay. And vice versa. Hey, what do you want? And of course, like as it glorifies the Lord, all that stuff, but you got to talk about your expectations, especially in the marriage bed, because if you want a beautiful, healthy sex life, you got to talk about it. Don't, yeah, hey, we'll be shy, but girl, mm -mm, don't be shy. Just tell them what's up. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to wait till next week and I'll go all into that. Uh, we've talked about our faith, our family dynamic, the uh, uh, extended family and how they are allowed to be in our life. We talked about boundaries and so much more. Okay. If you have felt for you, these frustrations rising up, I really encourage you to ask your husband to sit down with you and to give each other an open heart and share y'all's expectations and desires. And y'all both choose to come to a rational compromise and agreement as y'all understand each other and understand that y'all are trying your best to love one another. And we are not perfect, but we are trying our best. And so expectations and remember song of Solomon, catch all the foxes because those little foxes before catch all the foxes, because those little foxes can ruin the vineyard of love. And so let's move on to our third point. We have two more for today, and then we will have part two for next week. Let's talk about search for gold. That is our third point. Search for gold. I've heard this many times, actually, like literally many times, and I've noticed it. And I'm like, wow, this is something I constantly hear from elderly couples who have been married for many, many years. And when they have been asked this question, what has made your marriage strong and lasting? And this is what they have said in their own words. But I have seen this and heard this time and time again. They say this, we choose to always look for the best in one another. I mean, is that not so simple? It sounds so simple. And you're like, yeah, I see the best of my husband. He's cool. No, think about it. But if you really think about it, <clears throat> it's not always that simple. These couples have chosen to look past all of the frustrations, the shortcomings, the disappointments, the failures, and all of their spouse's humanity, their mistakes, all of these things. And they still chose time and time again to focus on the great things about their spouse instead. Yeah, we're going to process, heal, acknowledge the hurts, right? The things that we mess up. We're, I'm not saying to ignore that. But what I've noticed is that they still have chosen to see the great things in their spouse. It is truly profound. It is so easy to hold on to the negative, to allow the negative to build up and make its home in our heart. 
to grow. And before we know it, those are the lenses that we are constantly viewing our spouse with. Did you catch that? It is so easy. And just like scientifically, um, it in our brains, we naturally always lean towards negative thoughts. We have many more negative thoughts than we do positive. Um, and, and it's just how our brain functions. So how much more towards sometimes the one that we love with all of our heart, does our mind naturally go to like, yeah, but they did this. Yeah, but they did this. Yeah, but they let me down. Yeah, but they did this. Uh, and like, yeah, but this, this, and this, our mind naturally goes to that. And we're not even trying to, but that literally builds a home in our heart. And we begin to see our spouse out of those lenses and those lenses only if we allow it to. But is that fair? It's really not. But we do it even unknowingly. Neither party in our relationship will be perfect, but both of us desire the other person to have mercy on us. How many times have you said, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, like, forgive me, like, move on, dude. Like, I said, I'm sorry. How many times have you wanted mercy and forgiveness and <clears throat> understanding from the other spouse? <coughs> And how many times have we wanted our spouse, our partner to love us unconditionally despite our shortcomings? So what if we too decided to search for the gold in our spouse rather than, than allowing the negative to fester and grow? I'm telling you, resentment can build, bitterness can build, and it will put a wedge in your marriage. It will, if you don't highlight it and notice it and dig it out and see that, you will begin to see your spouse with these negative um, lenses. But what if you challenge yourself every day to acknowledge, admire, and affirm the very things that you do love about your spouse? Granted, even in that day, you might be frustrated. Maybe they didn't surpass your expectations. They didn't wash the dishes when you they knew you were so tired and you were like, hopefully they'll realize that. And they didn't. And you're already frustrated, but instead you look and say, you know what, but you know what, I'm grateful that they worked all day for our family. You know what? I'm grateful that they took my kid to bath when I was tired. You know, what? I'm grateful that they gave me a kiss when they walked in. You know what? I love this about my spouse. Even though this, I love this about my spouse and choosing to make yourself acknowledge, admire, and affirm the very things. And here's a step further. Imagine telling them that. Even if you're so frustrated with other things, you know what? Thank you for working hard today. You know what? Thank you for bringing the trash in today. You know what? Thank you for picking up takeout today when you knew I was so tired. Acknowledging and affirming those things go so, especially for men. Men desire respect to be honored, to be affirmed. And I'm telling you, when you choose to point out and vocalize the things that you do love about them and you do appreciate them, I'm telling you, just like, anybody, we rise to that expectation. We rise, we naturally rise to affirmation. When you're in a workplace, you're like, oh man, you're doing a good job, man. You're going to get a raise. You're like, oh, cool. Well, I'm going to work even harder. Like you like that. And that's the same way with not just our husbands, but with our husbands. Okay. And even with ourselves, Hey babe, you made the best dinner today. You're just, and you're like, oh, well you like that. Wait till tomorrow. We naturally rise for those things when we look for them, affirm them, and even vocalize them. And I really believe that when we begin to do this, we will fall even deeper in love with the very man that we chose to live the rest of our life with. 
We chose this man. We were in love with this man. We were on the phone all hours of the night with him. We wanted to make out with this guy. And sometimes as life happens, we have kids, we move on. We're busy. We're tired. We're frustrated. It's easy to lose sight of the reasons why we love them. But it is so important to come back. So I'm telling you, when you begin to look at it this way, search for gold, you will fall deeper in love with this person. And first Peter four, eight, it says most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians four, two through three, and it says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make an allowance for each other's fault because of your love, make every effort, every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Do what you got to do to bind y'all together, to have peace in your home, to overlook each other's faults and to just love each other. Be humble and gentle. Okay. This verse is amazing. And guys, let's end on our last point today. Thank you for bearing with me. I hope this is speaking to you and encouraging you, but this is a powerful last point to end on and it is transparency. Okay. This one's a tough one too. James five, six, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We believe this at our church grave top. And I especially find it to be true and very powerful within marriage that victory happens with transparency. And it sounds like a fun little phrase. Like, Oh, that sounds pretty. Marriage is a very intimate relationship. The level of connection that you have truly comes with the level of transparency that you hold within your marriage. The more transparent and open you are with your spouse, the deeper your connection is. Many marriages are so closed off with one another. They have many walls up. They have secret sins, secret issues, traumas from the past that they hold on, press down and never let their spouse to see. There are many marriages that have their relationship and then a whole nother side of them that they will not allow to open up to their spouse about. Why? Because it's scary and it's intimidating to be vulnerable with anyone. And yeah, we feel comfortable with our spouse, but, but that is scary. It's like being naked in front of them and Hey, okay. Like, obviously like we are naked in front of them, but like really naked, like real, like real, real naked. Right. And I have found in my relationship with Homer, and this is even biblically true based off the scripture I just shared and many other scriptures that the more open and transparent we are, the closer we truly become. And there have been things in our marriage many times where we have just been raw and open with things we're experiencing, dealing with, and that typically would be easier to just deal with alone. And we have chosen and even vocalized to each other that we we've told each other, we can be transparent. We can be open. We will not hide anything. We will be open, even if it hurts. And the times that we have done that, it's like, even after the fact, we feel just so much more connected. Is it easy? No. And what do I mean by this? What do I mean by being transparent? It means to truly be willing to let the other person all the way in. You know, even before Homer and I got married, you know, I'm not saying that you have to tell your future husband or your husband everything you did in your past. I mean, it's the past. Okay. It's not like, oh, you have to, but me and Homer chose to just disclose everything. I was like, I'm not hiding anything from you. And he didn't hide anything from me. 
because we just want it to be so open to where it's like, you know, all of me, there will be no surprises that come up later on in our relationship because I didn't tell you about this one thing, right? There's not going to be some weird juju coming in because I didn't tell you about this crazy trauma I went through. Like you don't have to necessarily do it, but I'm telling you the more transparent you are, even as you're dating into marriage, the closer you will be. And it, it, it just, it just brings all closer together. You get my point to see every part of you. And so, like I said, it, it means to truly be willing to let the other person all the way in to see every part of you and vice versa, and to be able to be used by God to help heal and love and support the other one through some of the most difficult areas in their life. I'm telling you, Homer and I have been there for each other in some of the darkest and most difficult parts of our lives. And it took us being transparent. You can live out your marriage, hiding it all. You really can, but there is so much power in being transparent and connected. Marriage is actually supposed to be a representation of our relationship with God. And when we practice this type of vulnerability with our spouse, the more we begin to practice it with the loving God who we can trust with all of our heart. And so it's time to be transparent, whether it's with your spouse, maybe someone you're dating appropriately in the right time, right? But maybe it's even with God today. Maybe for you, you've been in this place where you're like, I do want God. I love him, but I'm afraid to show him this side of me. I'm afraid to give him my whole heart. I'm afraid to go all in with him because I don't know if he'll want me. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm enough and I'm a mess. You know, I'm telling you that God knew you before you were born. God knows every issue before you knew you were going to deal with these issues. And he knows your victory. He knows the finishing story. He knows the the healing, the freedom that he is going to bring you. He knows the story from before you even existed all the way to the end. And his plans for you are good. And he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his son to save you from all of your sins and all of your mistakes, because why he wanted to be close with you. He wanted an intimate, open, transparent relationship that sin could not separate you from anymore. He wants a relationship with you. God is all about relationships. God is all about you enjoying a life-giving, loving, and godly marriage. But even more so, he is all about having a relationship with you. And so I really pray that today spoke to you in a specific way. And even as we end, I want to leave you with this, that God loves you, that he sees you, that he wants what's best for you in your marriage, and that he is a God that honors your relationship, that wants to bless your relationship. But most importantly, he wants a relationship with you. I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today and until next time.